You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of Locked On Texans. Hey, you know it's your daily Texans talking news update. I'm your guy, John, some sports guy, Hickman, along with Cody Davis. And please remember to follow Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Megaphone, and Spotify. And, of course, the brand new You Can Argue That Sports.com. Once again, that is You Can Argue That Sports.com. Yesterday was a fairly slow day in the world of sports. Yes, a main reason was the ongoing pandemic of the coronavirus. But ladies and gentlemen, give it up to the NFL to make some noise on an absolute slow day. Yesterday, it was announced that the NFL made it official to the new NFL playoff changes. And there were some mixed emotions surrounding this change. First and foremost, that for now on, there will be seven teams from each conference will be making the playoffs. Only, this, this is a big one right here. Only the top seed in each conference, both the AFC and the NFC, will only get a bye. Two through seven, all of these guys will have to play. There will now be six games on Wild Card Weekend, which I like to call the best weekend of the NFL. And the format will go into effect immediately as we will see this new change starting in the 2020 season. John, I'm going to let you have the floor. What do you think about these changes? You know what? Of all of the things that transpired with this new CBA agreement, this is one of the few changes that I, I let me call. I'm, I'm not going to call it a change because it is. But this is one of the few improvements to the game that I really do like. Why is that? Well, first of all, now it's more do or die. It's more, it's more claw your way to the finish and then some because only one team gets a buy. That means teams are going to be at the end of the year. Teams are really going to be fighting for that number one seed because without it, you won't get that buy. You won't get that extra week to wet, uh, rest up. You won't get any of that. So if a team is a half game behind or game behind or whatever the case is, at the end of the year, it could cause so much more chaos. And on top of that, adding another playoff team, I mean, who doesn't want more football? Now it's going to be three teams on wild card Saturday and wild card Sunday. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of chaotic moments simply due to teams knowing that, well, we still have a shot. Let's look at last year. The Rams would have made the playoffs if they, uh, the NFL would have had the 17 teams going on at that time. Uh, on That's in the NFC. In the AFC would have been the Steelers. Now, neither one of those teams would have really made any noise. But the fun thing about NFL, in, especially in the playoffs, any given Sunday, any given Sunday, can somebody look beatable? When we look at this past uh, NFL season, 
the Ravens for the entire year. They look to be the Super Bowl favorites, if not the favorites to make the Super Bowl, at least meet up against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the AFC uh, conference game. Any given Sunday, they looked unbeatable all the way up until they were beatable when they played against the Tennessee Titans. So I love it. I think it'll add, of course, more revenue, of course, more action, of, of, of course, more last-minute, last-second chaos in the last few weeks of the season going into the playoffs, and it'll be more fun. And the NFL has been known for a long time to be the no-fun league, but this giving teams a reason to say, well, we still have one more shot to get that seventh seed. Hey, who, who, who doesn't like that? And, John, I guarantee you this. I would not be surprised if your Houston Texans will be the seventh seed headed into the 2021 NFL playoffs. That would be kind of funny. That would be kind of – you go from – because if you're the seventh seed, that means you do not win your division. As good as this division is, that means maybe somebody else – it's a two-team division, possibly three with a seventh seed. We'll see how that go. Interesting – uh, you know, I love talking to some of the listeners on Twitter and uh, asking what the 48th pick in this year's NFL draft, the Houston Te- Texans select blank go. And here's some of the replies. First, not B.O.B. Second, a new coach is the only right answer. Third, Jalen Riger was one. Check him out. Uh, oh, here's the funniest one. A player Bill O'Brien will have in the doghouse by week three of the regular season. And I thought that was hilarious. I really did. The they most- did mention T. Higgins and also Chase Claypool. Uh, Chase Claypool, rather, that I really do. Uh, I think either one of those guys would be uh, a good addition to this team. Not necessarily Chase with the first second round pick. Maybe if he slides down to that second, second round pick Houston has, that could do a lot. But that first, second round pick, I don't think he is. I hate to say this about a college kid, worth that. Your worth is what whatever team feels like they're getting out of you. So let me say that first. And if the Texans feel like you're that guy with their first, second pick, then go be it. Well, well then so be it. But uh, who knows? I thought those some of those <coughs> – Replies were funny. One guy said, Joe Burrow, it would make zero sense and shouldn't be a possibility, but neither should have the Hopkins trade. And I thought that was hilarious. But before we even get to the draft, which is something that, of course, day by day, it's very important to make sure that the Texans are doing exactly what they're doing to scout the players that they need to bring in and I trust, of all the things that I trust, I trust they are doing their due diligence with that. Free agency is still here. The Texans did have some talks with Snacks, Damon Harrison, and and that's the guy who I mentioned on the show yesterday. I like, I really do like what he does. I've always liked Snacks Harrison. I've always thought he's a great football player at the inside technique. We know DJ Reedy is going. Somebody's going to have to fill those shoes. Snacks Harrison can be that guy. Texas already started talks with that, bringing him in. And also the rest of the defensive line, who is available and 
with the possibility of bringing some players in. So, hey, Locked on Texas, you know why we're here. That's why you tuned in. Welcome back in, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, and everybody that has been listening to the Locked on Texas podcast from last year until now. Really hope you guys are doing everything you're supposed to be doing to stay safe, sanitized, and sane. That means practicing social distancing. Stay away from people if you do not have to be around them, okay? You don't have to always be in people's face. Stay home. With that being said, the Texans did start talks with Damon Snacks Harrison, who previously played for Detroit. He is a free agent over the course of his career. He has 11 sacks, a total of 485 tackles, four forced fumbles, and that is in a eight-year time frame. His best years came with the New York Giants from 2016 to 2018, and then he had his best sack year in 2018 with the Detroit Lions with three and a half. Not a huge high sack guy number. Not a huge, not a huge high sack number guy, but what he does in the middle of the field. Cody, one year he had 86 tackles. The next year he had 76. The year prior to that 86 tackle year, he had 72. What he does to control that middle of the of the, of the defense, bring pressure with the inside gaps causes the center and guards to really have a difficult time getting off their blocks and going to the next level because he is such such a huge handle, a huge case to handle by yourself. I think he's the perfect replacement for DJ Reader. Texans already entered in those talks with him to bring him in. Now, I believe a contract like Damon Harrison, who is currently 21 years old, give him a two-year deal, Right, two-year deal worth nine million, ten million around that range. I don't see it going past eleven million dollars. Bring him in, and if you don't think he's giving you what you want at his age, with his, you know, the mileage on his body, then you leave yourself some leeway room to get out of that contract. You can cut him, release him, save some money from the following year, which is the big year because you have to get that Deshaun Watson deal taken care of, and that's when Larry Tunsil's deal will kick in if that deal gets signed with Houston. But I can't think of another player out right now that can do what DJ Reader did game in and game out. Listen, um, first and foremost, let me just say this. Damon Harrison has always been one of the most underrated players in this league. And I only say that due to the fact when you think about the top defensive lineman in this game, he is not a guy who comes first to your mind like a J.J. Watt. Um, but he is a guy, when you look across on that other side of the field, you do have to keep your eyes on him. But here's my problem with Harrison coming to the Texans. I do believe it might be a too little too late for the Texans to go out and sign Harrison. Yes, I know they are in a position where they need to find someone to replace a DJ Reader, a position and a guy uh, that you – have been relentless throughout the offseason, one of the making it one of the Texans' top priorities that they need to make sure they get that done. And I will 100% agree with you. But 
but I'm not too sure that guy is Harrison. Like I say, he has been a phenomenal player, but last year we saw a decline, and at the age of 31, with a lot of miles on his body, I do not believe we're going to get that type of production from Harrison heading into the 2020 season. Yeah, and here's the thing. The deal would be for uh, – I think the deal would be something that you can get yourself out of. Mm-hmm. Two-year, $9 million – you set yourself at four and a half per year. You may be able to get him for cheaper than that, considering the guy who I'm about to bring up got a one-year deal for $9 million last year, who I also think the uh, Texas should look at bringing in because of his versatility and what he has done in the past, and you won't have to spend that much money. But right now, it's very important to not technically replace DJ Reader because when I look at the Brandon Dunn deal, I look at a a player that will replace the body that was there. So not looking to replace DJ Reader, but to replace what he was able to do and effectively booster that defensive front. I don't want to bring in the guy that just won't make everybody else better. Snacks Harrison is a guy that can make, especially when you get other talent around him. We know the edge position is still a priority for the Houston Texans, which I think will be more so addressed in the draft than it will be in free agency. However, there are some guys out there that I think can add something to the Houston Texans. But if you bring in snacks, and we what we're going to get. Let's look at the course of his career. Since 2013, I'm going to rank him. 16 games played, 16 games played, 16 games played, 16 games played. 16 games played. That's five years with 16 games played and started from 2013 to 17. Then the next year in 2018, he played seven games. The next year, 2018 with Detroit, played 10 games, started nine, and then last year played and started 15 games. He's normally on the field, right? So that's huge. He's normally on the field. That means he's normally giving you a contribution. Not like a guy like, and no disrespect, Carlos Watkins, who I don't know when or where not he's going to play. Snacks Harrison is always on the field. He's always giving you contributions, and that will help. So I don't want us to get caught in replacing DJ Reader, but bringing in somebody that would be a, a solid contributor game in and game out. And when he's doing what he does, stopping the run, Cody, that's an issue, listeners at home. That's the issue we had last year, stopping the run, stopping it, stopping it, stopping it. After week eight, once J.J. Watt went down, we just completely lost ourselves and our identity in that area. That's something he'll always help out in. And he is good at, okay, well, let's get Brandon Dunn going. Let's see what we can get out of Dunn. Let's see what we can get out of Carlos Watkins. He's good at, you know, doing his job so well and being effectively able to teach that to other players. Now we know we have J.J. Watt. We know we have Merciless, and I'm looking around the league at free agents that are edge rushers. And I think Ezekiel Ansah would be a very good addition. I'm not going to call him an upgrade because we still have Charles Omenehu and we still have Duke Elior. Duke will come back. He had the entire year off last year due to injury. He will come back, and I know he will be ready to play. Charles, my man out of UT, I know coming back for his second year, he will be ready to play. So now I'm looking at two situational guys, and we can bring in Zeke, and 
we, in, the, in the past, Zeke has been able to, in the season, get 14 sacks, 12 sacks. The last couple of years hasn't been the years that he would want it to be. But if I said that he got a one-year deal last year for $9 million, you can also bring him in for another one-year deal, maybe 6 or $7 million, split it up into two-year deals, give him a two-year deal worth $11 million, $12 million. That way you can still get out of it if you want to, but he is still a talent. I would love to see both of those guys here in Houston, especially Snacks Harrison. I understand everything that you said about Harrison, and I agree with everything that you said, but at the end of the day, I don't want to see the Texans go out and, and pursue a guy where, yes, the best ability is durability, but at the end of the day, how much can you trust a guy when you're starting to see a decline in his play? But in my eyes, you know, you talk about the Texans in a position where they have to go out and, and try to get an edge rusher. Me personally, I know this might be a little bit out of their market, but I personally would like to see them go out and get Marcus Golden. Now, this is a guy who played with the New York Giants. He is the definition of playing on a one-year contract and balling out. He recorded 72 tackles, and recorded 10 sacks in 2019 for the New York Giants. Like I say, he might be a little bit out of market, but I would like to see the Texans go out and try to get some kind of talent than trying to bring in a guy who is either A, too young, or B, past his prom. Because at the end of the day, Bill O'Brien has put this team in a position. By giving up Clowney last year, you basically forced the Texans into trying to fill a void that was unnecessary to to field if you would have just paid Clowney last year. I, you, I will say this and give Bill O'Brien credit to this. Right now, Jadavion Clowney is unsigned because he was looking for $20 million per year right now. It looks like he will be getting just around the franchise tag tender that if he would have signed last year, we're Houston around $16.5, million uh, last year. That's what it's looking like he will get this year with an increased salary, uh, salary cap, rather. So he saved Houston a lot of money because re-signing Jadavion Clowney would have, would it would have solved some of your problems? Uh, absolutely, I definitely believe so. But in, in, in the case of not re-signing him, money was saved. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans. Cody Davis, Johnson, sports guy Hickman. John, your documentary, Tiger King. Apparently, Shaquille O'Neal got something to do with that as well. Oh, man. Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> did he appear Listen, in the documentary? He did not appear, appear. I, if I remember correctly, I think there was a video of... Uh, him just walking through maybe Shaq bought a tiger from him or something like that or maybe mm -hmm. did something with the tiger um but hey listen man <laughs> Shut he up said he Friday. didn't know he said yeah. he didn't know now nah, maybe he didn't know i'm not gonna say he knew. maybe he did <laughs> not know you know joe exotic was a man of a lot of things is this guy uh, still alive no, he's in jail right now. Watch the documentary. I don't I don't want to watch the doc. First Gosh, and foremost. Such an old man. First and foremost. <laughs> did I I'm not sure if I heard this correctly, but I'm pretty sure I did. 
part of the reason why people started looking into him, it has something to do with some story that my my man, my 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 all-time favorite, Michael Jackson sold him some alligator that he had. And Michael found out that he burned the alligator alive or something. No, so well, that is kind of what happened. Allegedly, Joe Exotic burnt down a um, building where they had all of the recording tapes placed at and saved in, you know, in boxes or whatever. That same building housed the alligators. Mm. And everything was burned down, including the alligators. Pretty, pretty sad, actually. No, oh, and one of them was sad. for my 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 main man, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Yeah, he had one of them alligators. I'm sure it was probably moon swimming. <laughs> Not moon walking, moon swimming. Moon but swimming. yeah, I just I, I just wanted to bring that up because I it became pretty big news on yesterday how Shaq was defending him, saying that well he was defending himself by saying that he did not know anything about what this guy was doing. And he only made a brief appearance and it, it wasn't authorized by him. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just know yeah. it's like the number one trending thing on Netflix right now. I didn't know, and... I didn't know what was going on. I was, <laughs> I, I, I didn't chuck, chuck, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on already. You can tell I took accident. You guys can't get out of anything. You know, <laughs> This is back when I was winning two championships and I just had that for like a tiger, so I want to look at tigers. I didn't know anything about it. You Chuck, you don't got no rings, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. We, we had a little moment. Hey, you know what? Also, it's big news before we get out of here. The CBA agreement added extra verbiage about players who apply for the CBA agreement. Well, no, I'm sorry. Apply for their disability benefits before January 1st, 2015, they will not get it. Eric Reed, brother of Justin Reed, and his team of lawyers found this out, and now they're looking to terminate the current CBA and have a revote. So hopefully those players, if it happens, I don't think it will happen because essentially the, the NFL can say, well, you guys have one more shot to read over everything before you actually sign it. We'll see how that goes. Could it get messy? Possibly. You know how it is with Reed and NFL and vice versa. They have a love-hate relationship still. I say love because he's still in the NFL. He did play last season. Hate relationship because of their past. So hopefully that's something that they can get, you know, uh, ratified because all those players before 2015 definitely deserve disability benefits. Yeah, most definitely. But like you said, it's going to get ugly, but it's going to come down to the NFL saying, hey, you guys should have read over the proposal. Multiple multiple of the guys had an opportunity to vote. They didn't, and it is what it is. So, unfortunately, that's the reality that we live in right now. That's the reality we live in. My reality is four rings. Chuck, you can't get one ring. Uh, uh, let, let, me, let me mention something else. And I wouldn't have none of them rings if it wasn't for Kobe Bryant, the GOAT, and Dwayne Wade riding on their coattail. That's right. Because oh of them, I wouldn't have none. Hey, you, you, I, what, I, what I have been enjoying, before we got here, guys, is watching old games, right? I have, too. The other night, 
I watched the uh, 2005 NBA Finals between the Spurs and the Pistons, a real defensive, really, if you are a fan of today's basketball game, you will probably think that game is disgusting. But, you know, I'm not going to take credit from Shaq or what he did for Miami, but that 06 Finals, I believe Shaq was in such awe not because of what Dwayne Wayne was doing, just because of what he was doing, but that was the first time in a decade Shaq had to take a step back. Well, actually, since 1992, in 14, 15 years, Shaq had to take a step back and say, wow, I am not the go-to guy anymore. And that performance Dwayne put in was just phenomenal, phenomenal. Till this day, Outside of the 2016-17 NBA Finals when LeBron averaged a triple-double, the second greatest performance in the Finals I have ever seen. Who got the second greatest performance in the Finals? Dwayne Wade. The second? That I have ever seen, Dwayne Wade. That's why I say the second? Oh, well, LeBron did against Golden State, averaging a triple-double in their block. And then that's just, you know, he beat that super team of 73 and 19. Uh, LeBron has that the greatest performance I see in the well, finals. Well, first and foremost, that is not the greatest performance. Um, first, I don't, I don't even consider that LeBron's greatest NBA finals performance. Um, secondly, I do consider that performance from Dwayne Wade D greatest final performance of all time um and also a lot of people forget well you must have forgot that it was also Kyrie Irving when LeBron James was was scoring 45 points Kyrie Irving was right alongside his side of him dropping 43 points in game five and game six led the entire (laughs) finals and I think that that, that wasn't that year. That was the 2015 year when he when he when when they lost to Golden State the first go around. That that the was same, that year. the same thing happened. And he averaged I, a triple double in that finals. He didn't average a triple double in that finals. The LeBron sexuals, LeBron sexuals. Just give me one moment, please. Then there's also a guy in Chicago in '93 who literally averaged 45 points in a finals. I believe his name is Michael I, I Jeffrey Jordan. I ever seen. In 93, I was. Oh, that you ever seen. <laughs> there was also a guy. <laughs> Locked on Texans podcast, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you want to continue listening to this debate, a debate that we should have on the You Can Argue That Sports podcast. Please head over to my Twitter page at Cody Davis underscore 24. That's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Why 24? Because Kobe Bryant is a GOAT, a guy who, if it wasn't for him, Shaquille O'Neal would not have won those three championships in Los Angeles. Because you're talking about a guy in Shaquille O'Neal who averaged about 30 points in those finals and a guy in Kobe Bryant who averaged like 29.5. Like that's that much of a difference. Okay. I am Johnson Sports Guy Hickman. Thank you guys for listening to a Texans podcast that had a lot of other things that were not Texans, but we really appreciate you guys for join, joining in. Uh, however, I definitely believe Snacks Harrison would be a great addition to this team, along with Ezekiel Ansah. 
We will get Charles Romanehu back for his second year. Uh, Duke Elior, he will come back again. Um, talented young man. This team has talent. Guys got to get healthy. Guys got to be ready to step up, fill mm -hmm. in shoes that are now gone. And that's just the reality of it. Follow me on Twitter, ask some sports guy. Until next time, Houston, words from the wise. Stay safe, stay safe, stay sanitized. Peace. You are locked on Texans. Your daily podcast on the Houston Texans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.